Hey, what's up, guys? This is Carly introing for once, and I am here with Justin. No, wait, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. It's good. No, no, no. no I like it. You slipped up. You slipped up and gave your true identity. No, no, no. It's good. So anyway, guys. No, no, guys. Stop, no. stop. We're cutting it. We're Come cutting on, it. I was in the zone. I was so in the zone. Carly here, back on the couch, bringing you episode number five of the Netflix and Chill Horror Podcast. And as always, I am joined here with my buddy, JP. And tonight, we are going to bring you first a review of the 2017 movie, Clinical. And then we're going to have a little bonus review of the new Netflix show called Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, I was calling it Santa Clara Diet. Which you will probably hear me do many, many times because once I have a version of something in my head, I just go with it. I'm going to try to avoid saying the name altogether to not sound stupid the whole show, but it's hard. Absolutely. And before we get into the actual review reviews, guys, I did want to point out that we have a little announcement to make. Some of you guys probably already know, but we did go ahead and create that Facebook group page. So if you want to check out our Facebook group page, please do so. You can type it in the search bar, Netflix and Chill Horror Podcast, but more specifically, it will be in the links in the description below of however you find this episode, whether it's iTunes or on YouTube. And of course, you can find it by typing in the search bar, www.facebook.com slash groups slash Netflix and the letter N chill horror podcast. And that should take you to the page. Join the group and join in the fun. We'll be posting there. You guys can talk to us about the episodes and things like that. And I do want to pose another question at the end of this episode that hopefully you guys can answer and then we'll know what to do moving forward with the show. And with that being said, now on to our first review, which is... Clinical from the year 2017. It is a U.S. production and it is directed by Alistair Legrand and written by Luke Harvest. Do you know Alistair Legrand? I do not. I do not know of that being a real name. (laughs) Um, The only other film that that I know that he did is a film called The Diabolical, which came out in 2015. I had a screener of it at one time, but I actually never watched it. I don't remember hearing too many good things. And you know, that's the only other thing he did too. It is actually the only other thing that he did, and uh, he co-wrote this film uh, with Luke Harvis, who also written diabolical with him so uh, (laughs) this is a team apparently um and uh yeah let's get into the film itself it runs an hour and 44 minutes it is a netflix original so it was made for netflix specifically and it you know courtesy of imdb we have the description here a psychiatric a psychiatric psychiatrist you. Do you want me to read? Fuck I'm you. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> we can pull through this, okay? 
A psychiatrist tries to put her life back together after a violent attack by seeking to repair the life of a new patient, but he has his own terrifying history. Fuck you. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yo, so anyway, as my bitch of a co-host was saying... Don't be so buttered. It's okay. (laughs) um, But for real though, guys, uh, this film is my pick. It was my turn to pick a film. And honestly, like this was the only thing that I saw on Netflix that was like a horror film and that, that was newer. Because... I'm getting to the point where most of the stuff on Netflix that is, you know, contemporary horror films are ones that were covered heavily in 2016 or they're films that just are bad. Like, I know they're bad. There's a lot that are bad that I don't know they're bad. Yeah. But uh, I kind of wanted to just move forward and only cover 2017 releases from here on out. And this was the only current one that I could find on Netflix. And you didn't have the Shutter app yet at which the time. Which I do now. Which you do now. Since so. yesterday, I got it. <laughs> I didn't want to pick something on Shutter in case we had to watch separately at our yeah. own places um, instead of together, which sometimes we watch these together, sometimes we do them separately. A little peek behind the curtain for you guys out there um, who are wondering about that. I think we might even mention that before. but Yeah. Yeah, so I went with uh, this film and... It is, um, well, it's, it's kind of long for me. Yeah, I was, when I saw the time on it, I got a little bit scared because I was like, oh, it's late at night, an hour and 44 minutes. That always turns me off from a film. But, I mean, if a film's good, like, I'm going to watch it. It's just mm. like, when I don't know anything about it, I'm kind of a little nervous about it. Yeah, your favorite it. horror film is The Shining. Yeah, which, that's what, like, almost three hours yeah so i've said this many times and i've probably picked it up from somebody else but i don't know who to credit for it because it's been so long since i've been saying it that i don't remember where i first heard it but whenever i watch a movie the first 90 minutes are free like i'm like you've already sold me the first 90 minutes Mm -hmm. and anything after that you need to pay me for right because you need to pay off what's happening after 90 minutes because every minute that I'm spending after 90 minutes, I need to be into the movie or else it feels like a huge waste of time. Um, and this one, and I'm, I'm going to just come out and say it right now, mm. I felt like it was a huge waste of time. Now, I know you were a little more interested in it than me. Do you care to like go into the plot a little bit more than what the IMDb description was because that was kind of very brief? Okay, well, basically, the movie starts out with this woman having a very bad experience with one of her um, patients, I guess, because she's like a psychiatrist. Originally, she was a psychiatrist for people with traumatic experiences, like car wrecks or like a death in the family, and like yeah, like really traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, thing. yeah, and she was like the best there was. But then she has this really bad experience, and sometime later, I don't know how long, it shows that she's still trying to cope with it, and she's no longer doing that. She's, like, doing, like, easier jobs, like, the people with just, like, Like mild depression. counseling and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and she's not really digging it either. You can see she's not fully paying attention to these people. But then, simultaneously, she's getting... 
uh, help herself from a different psychiatrist. Yeah, and the reason that she's not feeling interested is because she doesn't feel like she's actually affecting change. You know, yeah, what I mean? she doesn't feel like she's able to actually. She's more advanced and yeah, and her. she's she's dealing with these people who are having like marriage squabbles, and it's like get over it, weirdo. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. So um, the incident that Carly was referring to at the beginning of the film is actually one of her patients. Um, commit suicide or attempt to commit suicide based on what the patient feels was misguidance by the counselor, which is our lead character. So uh, flash forward a little bit and she's um, decided that she is going to take on another serious patient uh, when he contacts her and says that he heard that she was the best and he really, really needs help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what happens from there? The gist of it. Basically, she feels bad for this guy. She doesn't want to do it. Her psychiatrist, like, is the re- like he's the one who's always like, no, you can't get back into that work. But she's like, she goes behind his back and takes on this new patient. And basically, the guy's face is real messed up because of a car wreck he was in, and he can't really piece together what happened. But she's trying to help him out as best she can to remember it because she feels, like, empathetic for him, I guess, in a way. So, like, she feels a connection with this guy and just really wants to help because I think she feels like it'll help her maybe. Yeah, that's a good observation. That's actually true. I didn't... Because her main thing is she's upset that she feels like she didn't treat that original patient, the one... From the beginning, she feels she didn't give her the proper care. She just loaded up her up with medications and wouldn't listen. She got lazy a little bit. Yeah, she, she, she was a beast a at this. And then she was just like, kind of got lazy. And, and you know, these are all, when we're talking about this, this, these are actually like the highlights of the movie now that I'm talking them through. Right. Like, I didn't realize at the time that there were these type of layered plot lines, but yeah, yeah. I guess there kind of is a little bit. And she's sort of, um, hoping that by maybe rehabilitating this man it can also rehabilitate herself and she can be who she once was again because um if she can save this guy then it proves to herself that she's capable of doing it and she can let go her faults and mistakes of the past right which is why like i know you said it was like kind of dreadful for you to get through like Especially with it being so long. But, like, yeah, towards the beginning, I didn't have... I personally didn't have a problem watching it. Like, I was interested in what was going on. And there were a couple, like, creepy moments at the beginning. Like, those shots where there's something creepy in the background or something creepy flashes by real fast. Not like a jump scare, but, like, something you almost would miss if you're not paying attention. And I love stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't really find it too scary or... Um, interesting at all. I actually found it quite boring at the beginning of the film. I couldn't really, I just couldn't pay attention. And I mentioned this to you that, um, about three times I was like 10, 15, 20 minutes in, and then I'd have to restart it because I was like, I just, I just didn't pay attention to anything that just happened. So, um, anytime there's a movie like that and it's, and it takes me three times to, to get into it, um, that's a bad sign, bad sign for me. And by the end of the movie, I told you I had completely tuned out. And I had to even talk to you a little bit before we recorded on refreshing my memory on what <laughs> happened because I was I was so out of it. And then once you started 
say, you know, talking, it came back to me and stuff, but... But once I started talking, I realized I, too, was a bit confused, and it was kind of like... Well, you were talking and telling me what happened, and I was like, why? Yeah, and that's and then when you were I, like, I choked. Huh. I, I froze <laughs> You're up. like, good point. Why? Why did these things happen? And then that made me like go back and think, like, wow, this movie wasn't. It was confusing. It feels like the word is not confusing that you want to use for this type of film. Okay. You just stuck your tongue out at me. Why? I didn't stick my. I stuck my tongue out and thought. Oh, okay. I thought you were like fucking dick. No, 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 <laughs> no. Go on. Um, the word is convoluted. Oh, that's a big word. I'm not using that. <laughs> no, this movie is 100% yeah. convoluted. Like, this movie, so many things have to, like, work out for, like, this story to play out. Like, it's just ridiculous. The whole story is ridiculous. Like, once the reveals happen and you find out, you're like, why? Okay, yeah. why, why do this, though? Why are you trying to get revenge? Or why are you... Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, okay, maybe you want revenge, but... Like, what did all this have to do with getting it? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> so you're going to try to do this, and it's going to do what to the person? Like, it just didn't make sense. It's not your typical, like, oh, like, Pamela Voorhees, like, I'm going to kill all those son of a bitches because yeah. they wronged my boy Jason. No, it's like, I'm going to fuck with oh, you pretty bad. A lot of ridiculous <laughs> efforts were put into it, yeah. I'll say that. Ridiculous efforts. Um, don't, it's it just... To me, this film was just really frustrating because I like psychological films. Me and too. I like thrillers. And I like psychological thrillers. And as you would, as some people would call fringe horror, I like that too. What you would call not horror. Like when I <laughs> when I give you what? movies to watch and um, they're on the not horror pile. Yeah, and I'm like mad. I'm like, why is there two separate stacks of movies here? And you're like, oh, because that's the not horror pile. And I'm like, okay, Goonies, that makes sense. But what else did you have in there? Spiral. Spiral. And yeah, Adam seven. Green's Spiral and Seven. And she's like, well, they're thrillers. And I'm like, have you watched them? And she's like, no, kind of, not really. I'm going to watch them. It's just yeah. like they're not at the top of my to-do list. <laughs> That's typically called fringe horror, which is okay. like stuff like Seven where it's like, yeah. I guess it's kind of horror because it's like a serial killer and it's like serious and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's not directly what I would call a horror film. That's also like the butterfly effect I would consider sort of fringy. No? I guess. I've only seen that like once. I love so that I can't movie. really. Um, so clinical is what I would consider horror, but more thriller maybe. Yeah, cause like those, there was like two creepy two or three creepy moments and if those weren't in there it was, then it wouldn't be considered horror probably. there was almost like dramatic moments in it which threw me off i was like oh this is kind of like a sad thing and i was like that's not usually well i guess it is in horror when you look at it different ways but it was just it felt like it was being a drama on purpose i don't know i can't it's hard to describe but I was feeling like this movie had, um, like a decent look to it. Like to me, it had this almost like really soft lighting look to it, which I like. Mm. I like that type of lighting and, um, the Christmas setting. Yeah. It did have a Christmas setting. Now it wasn't like full blown, like snow and reindeer and Santa Claus and stuff, but it was like a bad thing happened to her around Christmas time, which I like because that can affect your holidays. So I can relate to that. Yeah, like, just oh, ask Phoebe Cates. I don't get it. 
Wait. Oh, Black Christmas. No. Wait. Gremlins. Gremlins. Yeah. yeah. We watched both those movies in one night. <laughs> I've never seen Gremlins before that night. I admit it. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So you're right, and I do like that like reoccurring setting where it's like, oh, it just adds another level to the story where it's like it seems like a little darker. Yeah. It's set on Christmas. Um, they didn't utilize it perfectly, but I definitely think that it it, it definitely elevated slightly. Mm. And it elevated a boring movie into a slightly less boring movie mm. for me. <laughs> like, I, I'm a hater on this movie. You like, really I, are straight. I, I didn't like it at all. I, like, thought it was going... Like, I was not bored at, from the start. I was interested in what was going on. I was interested in, like, the guy and, like, the connections and, like, the girl at the beginning. I was like, what's up with her, like, seeing this girl places and... I don't know. I was interested. Until Do you ever, I like, thought... stare at the fan for a lot, really long time? Like a ceiling fan or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that what this movie did for you? No, I'm just saying, like, no wonder you weren't bored by it. Because you can do things like that. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> listen. Like, I feel, I just, I feel like you're being a little hard on no, it. No, it's at a the bad same, movie. At the same time, though, like, towards the end, like, I was totally, like... It was completely... There was a one part that made the ending really predictable for me, and I won't, like, spoil things, obviously, but I was just like, I knew what how it was going to play out. Yeah, I think what I said earlier to you off mic was, I think you were into this movie enough to be interested in what could happen next. Yeah, like, I Where I you're like, oh, like, what, wonder what's going to happen. And then by the end of it, you're like, okay, well, that sucked. <laughs> like, yeah, that was I was boring. very disappointed, so, I guess. So, yeah, technically you were into it, and it wasn't boring. But now when you look back on it, in hindsight, because nothing really escalated, mm. it now looks like a boring movie, even though you weren't bored while watching it. Yeah. Because it's, on the surface, it's kind of a boring movie. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it took a lot, like, I didn't feel much originality, it just felt like it took a lot of things that you've seen before in psychological horrors or things like I just didn't give a damn about anybody. <laughs> I just yeah. nobody was interesting to me. Like the most interesting thing about clinical was the poster. I was just like, oh this looks cool. It's like a woman's face and it's like splitting Yeah that is cool. Snides. I didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of like Hellraiser or something. But I wasn't expecting Hellraiser but I don't know man. I, I just I expected a little bit more out of just the the story and I like the way that it was filmed and the way that it looked. Um, the music was decent and the lighting was good, um, but the story was just weak to me. Like I don't care. I, and especially once you reveal why it's all happening, I'm like Jesus Christ! I really don't care now. And it felt like a Scooby Doo type ending where it was like, oh, so this is why this all happened. And, and this, this is was the master plan. Yeah, they unmask the villain, and it's like, oh, you discovered it and there was even some things that we didn't quite get like yeah okay like is there supposed to be a level of supernatural yeah it was going on here there's really like it does not explain enough like i was just left like i don't understand i don't understand period (laughs) i was just like i didn't know it's really hard to talk about this one, guys, without, like, going into the final act because yeah, pretty much everything that happens from the beginning of the... There's a cool scene at the beginning of the film involving that suicide, 
really good blood usage, really good dark blood, and it, and it looked like real. You know, it looked it yeah, looked, it was very gory to start out, well, bloody to start out with. Yeah, like, it's um, it, it's one of those type of things where like anybody who's ever seen suicides or suicide attempts or something like that knows how it looks. And this is like, you know, they, they, and often in movies, they kind of dumb it down a bit. Yeah. But in this one, I won't say it's like the most realistic suicide or anything, but, but it's like, okay, they're trying to make it look raw and in, you know, and, and not. Yeah. It would F up a person to view it. Like you could see why the psychiatrist was like feeling. Well, yeah. If it's her fault. Yeah. But, um, or she, if she feels like it's her fault. So yeah. that, that was cool. But between that part after that happens and then all the way up until like the third act of the film, like nothing happens, dude. And this is an hour and 40 minute film. I look at this film and please, for the love of God, if the director of this film, you do, do did it, did diabolical. If you ever hear this thing, how on earth do you look at that film and say, no. There ain't nothing I could cut out of that. It, it, I can't lose any of these scenes. I can't lose any of them. It'll it'll destroy the story. It won't add develop. No, bro. Hundred percent. You can lose 10, 15 minutes of this film, hands down. It probably would have played better. Yeah, I feel like the development would have been okay if the ending wasn't as stupid as I felt it was. Well, what do you do between that time where you the, the that part where the chick uh, commits suicide? And the part where the reveal happens, the third act happens. What happens in the film during that time? It really is. She, like, walks around her house and shit? Well, she's trying to help the dude that's, like, that's, like, the big, I don't know. Yeah, like, she's yeah, trying it's to really... help him a little bit. And then she, he, like, shows up, like, hot, like sleepwalking at her house. And then she's like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't. I, just, I, I can't thought that part was kind of creepy where he's in her house. Like, yeah. because Just because she's, like, living alone. And it's just like, I'd be like, oh, shit. I don't, I don't yeah, want to well, do that. girls are weak. So I understand why it would freak you out. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It's like, I hate when directors, like, I just, I know it's a personal thing to you. But if there's not a reason for your film to be an hour and 40 minutes, don't make your film an hour and 40 minutes. Like, yeah. you have to think of the audience. You can't think of all the things that you thought of when you made that scene. You can only, you only think of the scene and what it does and does it add enough to add, warrant the extra time. Yeah, you are right. It was too long for what it was. I will agree with that. And it, it, it's a slow film to begin with. Like, it, it's, it's a character development film. It's, it's yeah. a film that not a lot of action happens to build and build and build for this third act. And what I'm saying is I did like the character development and I, that's why I was interested. I was like, I wonder what's going to happen with these people. Like, I, like I know you said you didn't really give a shit about the characters, but I kind of did. And like, I wanted to see what was going to happen. But then like, once we get to like close to the end, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I can't like, this is going the wrong direction. <laughs> I was just like, this is not, this was a waste of my time. So. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those things where, um, by the end of it, I'm just like, man, I don't even know if I'm going to have anything to say about this piece of shit. <laughs> You're just like, what did, you, what did you like besides the things that you mentioned? 
That really, I mean, that... That's kind of it, huh? Yeah, it really was. I just thought it was building up to something different. Like, it was... And, like, building up, like, when you... I guess it really... There wasn't much build up. It really was just a psychiatrist helping another psychiatrist while she's getting helped by a psychiatrist. And then she has, like, a boyfriend in that mix. Yeah, which I was, like, weirded out, too. It's like, why? Like, shouldn't she, like, have her license, like, revoked if she's, like, talking to, like, the psychiatrist? Like, she's mentally fucked up? Like, does she have... It was kind of... Like, is she able to, like, do her job professionally if, like, she is dealing with mental issues? Yeah, I guess, like, the thing was, like, he, like, made her... He's the one... I think he's the one who convinced her, like, dumb down, like, the people she was dealing with. But, yeah, I understand what you mean. Like, she could... (laughs) be like on the brink of suicide and dealing with patients who are also going through that so that's probably not healthy yeah she's gonna like jack vorkian and them she's gonna tell them to kill themselves anyway (laughs) (laughs) i'm dumb (laughs) um man i when i when we uh seen each other today i was like Wow, man, I'm so glad that I came up with a brilliant idea to do Santa Clarita diet on this show as well. Yeah. Because if not, this is going to be a short one. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, do you have anything else on clinical? Not really, like, like, I, like, you can't talk about the ending because it's a lot of spoilerage, so that's basically all I have to say. Like, I just did not care for the whole third act. Yeah, man. I mean, so far out of all the films that we've picked, this is now my th- third pick? No, second pick. Third. Third pick. You did Sadako and then the uh, first one we did. I didn't pick Shelly. You did. No, Baskin. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Baskin. Okay. I only had two picks and they were the pregnancy ones. That's how I know. Yeah, and I, those are my two favorites so far. Yay. <laughs> so, uh Yeah. Let's get into ratings here. Um, who normally rates first when it's their pick? I think it's the opposite. I think okay, I'm the so one who gets you to go rate first. first. Um, yeah, like I said, going into this movie, I had high hopes. I thought, like, oh, this could turn out to be pretty cool. I was worried about the time on it, but like, I was interested. I was not bored to begin with, but then. Even towards the end, like, I was I was still engaged. I was paying attention, and I wasn't necessarily bored, but I was more annoyed. And it had a lot of problems, like, just a lot of stuff that was not explained and a lot of pointless things going on. So I'm going to have to, like, I'm just going to give it a 5.5 out of 10. All right. So me personally, um, I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> I didn't find it interesting in the very least couple couple things I did I don't research these films before I watch them it very at the very most uh one of my friends you know Dave Brandon moods um Christian Derek Andy Zach like one of those guys might say like oh yeah that film clinical is pretty good or something and that and that and that's it, just if I know somebody else said it's good I usually watch it um, I thought somebody said that this was, but I asked today in some of my group chats and nobody remembered saying that, so I could have been just tripping. Um, so I don't research these things. I don't even read the storyline. Like, I didn't even read the 
See, I when I'm picking the movie for the show, like I'll read the storylines just to try to pick like an interesting movie. But like I didn't read the storyline for your picks because I'm just going in blind for those ones. Hmm. That's yeah. my way of doing it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's probably a better way of doing it because, as you can see, what happens when I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I that, you gotta do a little bit of looking into it. I'd say. I thought but, this shit was boring. I didn't like it. Four out of ten. All right, all right. Yeah. Fair enough. So four out of ten there. And, uh, yeah, so then moving along here, I decided that this was just kind of spur of the moment. I decided that, well, let's just do something cool. Because the whole point of this Netflix and chill show is to talk about the new shit on Netflix mm-hmm. and then chill. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you know, obviously Shutter and and Hulu and uh Amazon uh Prime and things like that. So, um basically, I seen the the Santa Clarita diet show uh came out. I knew it was coming out and it came out and I think it was even out when we recorded our last episode, but um yeah, it was actually. Yeah, I don't think that I'm really looked into it at all and I, I think I was in a Skype chat with Moods and he said that he watched like the whole season already <laughs> and it was good and I was like oh really I was not expecting that because it looked dumb to me um, and then I was like hey I messaged you I was like hey watch this show for our next episode that we record and um, you know we'll talk I don't even think I even mentioned that we were going to do it on the show yeah I thought you were just telling me like giving me orders to watch a show that you thought was cool and like yeah buy that yeah cause just, then you're like you're like oh that um, was awesome and man I, and you were like and I was like oh I didn't watch it yet and you're like you didn't watch it yet why the hell did you tell me to watch yeah, it yeah why are you giving me commands over here but um yeah even by that like title I was kind of like oh I don't want to watch this sounds so, I, I had no idea what this show was like I didn't even know it existed like, I thought it was about. I thought it was just like a. I thought it was gonna be a stupid show about like these people in LA who are cannibals and they have like dinner parties, but they're like eating people. Like I didn't know it was like. Yeah, I just went completely this. unknowing. So with that said, let's let's hop into Santa Clarita Diet. It is a Netflix original TV series. Made its debut in February of 2017. It runs 30 minutes each episode and there are 10 episodes it also is a united states production and it also stars drew barrymore uh timothy elephant elephant isn't he he's from scream 2 i believe oh really i I think he's the killer maybe i might be wrong spoiler alert um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well. as well as a couple of other people. So far, kind of a small cast, but um, the uh, description, if you want to go into it. Sheila and Joel, a married couple, are real estate agents in Santa Clarita, California. When Sheila dies, their lives take a dark turn. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> these descriptions suck. And to go further into it is... Uh, it starts off in Santa Clarita. Uh, what, what would you call like a um, high, mm, like a well-up neighborhood? Is yeah, that? like sort of a upper class. Yeah. Um, 
suburban neighborhood, you know, white picket fence yeah, type, yeah. type joint. And uh, it it deals with this couple who, what would you say, they're in their 40s? Yeah. Late, late mid 40s, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they have a daughter. They have a, they have a daughter who looks maybe about 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And um, they're just going through their daily activities you know breakfast in the morning but right away i noticed something like there's no even horror in the show yet and i figured all the horror all the comedy would come from the horror Mm -hmm. but the comedy starts right away yeah yeah it's very quirky Mm -hmm. um like the husband is like just kind of fiddling with this toaster and he said something along the lines of like, it's this knob. It just feels like there's a lot of give to it. I'm, you know, I'm really disappointed in this toaster. <laughs> and she's like, did you, did you email them, honey? And he's like, you know, I wrote the letter and I reread it and it just sounded crazy. So I got, I threw it away. And it's like this, it's just like, these people are so have their like lives like just in these little bubbles like mm-hmm. they're in their own little bubble of of their yeah, type of world. Yeah, they're just being realtors. Like, like they got all the monies and they're like, yeah, this like, is what living is. It seems like their biggest problem in life, their like inconvenience, is like their knob on their toaster oven. Yeah, I hope I get to that point in life. <laughs> yeah. So right away, like I am already having smiles on my face at this show, mm-hmm. and um, I think. I think Drew Barrymore is like really good in this. Like she she has this sort of like just like quirky like sort of reserved. Yeah, I've like, always I've always loved her and everything she does because she can do like she could be like a dorky like teenager character. Or she can be in a horror movie. She can like be a mom. Like I just love Drew Barrymore. Yeah, lesbian. <laughs> um, <Thank you. laughs> so. After we see them sort of just interact in the morning, a little character development, we go outside and see their neighbors who are like cops and like one oh, of the cops, yeah, like one, like they start like talking shit on each other. The two cops who are like one's like one's like a sh- sheriff, sheriff and, and one's just like a patrol cop. Like he's not as yeah. important. And so. they're like talking mad shit, and it's funny. And like you can see that the you know main couple is like just kind of uncomfortable and it's like awkward they're, they're literally to, like, keep the peace the dad's like why did we have to like be in between the cops like why do we have to move here yeah and after that they go to work and they actually both work together which is funny and there's just these awkward like funny moments like the wife whose name is sheila is you know introduced to a new employee and then her boss starts yelling at her right in front of him oh my god and he's like just complete like douchebag about it he's like you need to close a deal you know (laughs) (laughs) and she's like just her reactions are fun i wish i had like direct quotes but just her reactions are really funny and then like she's like awkward about it afterwards (laughs) so they go to sell this house it's a really nice house and uh, her and her husband are like kind of tag teaming it, and they have this couple there looking at the house. They're like explaining everything, and all of a sudden, the wife just throws up this massive amount of vomit, like right in the middle of the carpet. I like, was like shocked, and I start, I just laughed out loud at that part because I was just like, because it, like how you said, it starts right off with the comedy. I would, 
like the whole time I'm thinking like, okay, when's like the horror part gonna come in? Then all of a sudden that like happens, and I was just like, oh my god. You saying that's horror? To me, it is. It's gross. <laughs> I was just like, holy crap, that's like a huge amount of vomit, and it's disgusting. And yeah, like sickening. this stuff would make freaking Linda Blair jealous. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's Reagan. what I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> because this stuff is. uh this isn't your everyday pea soup, you know, just a little projectile. This is like a goddamn ocean. Mm-hmm. And it's gross and, like, it's all awkward because they're just like... <laughs> they're t- <laughs> She's like, no, I still want to show the house. It's okay. And- yeah, so she goes to the bathroom to freshen up. And they, the husband and the other lady take the, the couple looking for the... The sort of, the, the, the house, they take them to all the other rooms and like they'll just stop and be like, yeah, this has a nice wood finish. And then you just hear silence and it's like, <laughs> like the wife just throwing up like crazy and shit. And then like it's just these awkward pauses. And I'll kind of, you know, not go, just do a complete walk through the episode. Mm. Um, but essentially what happens is, the husband goes and finds her, and the fucking entire room is covered in vomit. Like, the ceiling, the wall, the toilet, the shower, the mirror, the counter, the towels, the toilet, like, everything, <laughs> the windows. And he's like, holy hell. And then he, like, feels her, and she's, like, not breathing, and she doesn't have a pulse, and it's, like, this sad moment. And then all of a sudden, she, like, snaps into it, and she's like, Not hey. cool. <laughs> yeah, not cool. That's good. And then they take her home, and she's acting really weird. She has a huge sex drive now. Um, she's, uh, like, a little more free-spirited and, like, careless. Uh, she's eating raw hamburger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And any horror fan instantly kind of gets a hunch of what's going on there. Right. Because the scene where we think she died, or the, the husband thinks she died. And yeah. We, we kind of get the idea that she's a zombie now. Yes. <laughs> and turns out she is. So they, they try to get help from the neighborhood kid who has, kind of has a crush on their daughter. And it's not hidden from the, uh, the family, like, like, they know that she's a zombie. And then the kid next door knows, like, cause they t- fill him, him in and that's kind of his idea and stuff. And they don't, they don't like, ignore the fact that zombies exist in this show like yeah like, oh like see she's like this, zombie is, this is just happening now how could this happen to us type deal yeah and meanwhile you have like the husband who's like worried about his wife and his toaster oven breaks so he goes to like oh i love the dude, part in the it's store. so funny when he's in the store man because this girl comes up and she's like hey my manager said that you've been looking at the stethoscopes for like a really long time do you need help with them is like now, which one of these do you think is like, <laughs> like, do you think the dual action or the single action? She's like, well, dual action has two. It's like, so it has twice as many then. <laughs> she's like, I'm 19 years old or something yeah. like that. Like, I don't know. I'm just working here. I hate this job. Yeah. And then he sees that he, she, she walks up to him later in the show because he goes back because his toaster oven breaks. And she's like, hi, my manager said that you've been staring at the toaster ovens for, like, a really long time. Oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's like, 
a toaster oven versus a stethoscope. It's like a totally different thing yeah. that he's now looking at for a very long time. Oh, man, that shit cracked me up. That was the funniest thing in the whole show to me was when she walked up and she's like, yeah. my manager said you've been looking at this toaster ovens for like a really long time. And I was just wondering if you need, oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> it's you again. <laughs> I just love how she's pointing out that the manager forced her to go yeah. over there too. Like not even hiding And that he's like looking at them for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, like just standing that means- they're staring at them. See, that means the customer's confused, and that's when you come in. Yeah. But, like, I watched these back-to-back last night, and I was so much happier with Santa Clarita It shows in this review, too. Oh, my God. I could tell God. you could not I wait was to like, talk about dude, this. this show is awesome. It's so funny. Uh, it, like, I'm... Anybody who knows me and has followed my work for a while knows that I am not a big fan of horror comedies. Like, I, nine times out of ten, I guess that's a little unfair. I I just don't like horror comedies. Like, I've been on record, I don't like horror comedies, they're not my favorite thing. But, I love when horror comedies are blended well and it's this dark black humor. Because that's what it is in this show. This is more like comedy horror. Like, I think they're, like, different in a way. Like, horror comedy, you think, like, focuses more on the horror but then has, like, the comedy tacked in. This is more of, like, a sitcom that's, like, bloody and disgusting at the same time. And that's what I like about it. Yeah, it's definitely um, heavy in the comedy and it's, I don't know, it's... I guess you would compare it to like something like Shaun of the Dead, even though I fucking hate Shaun of the Dead. So I have I, never seen that, and I really just never had interest in seeing I, that one. I hate that movie. I just hear it's overrated, so I really don't care. Which that is much. crazy because like I feel like I'm the first person that started saying that. Really? Yeah, like I, I I've been saying that for years before anybody else was. Um, but anyway, uh, this show is um, really really cool. I I absolutely loved it. Um, and which brings me to um, my next question. Do you have m- much more to say about this episode? Not really. I just love, like, it's comedy. It's not trying too hard to be serious or anything. It's like, this is what this is. It is a comedy with the scaries in it. Not even scary, just, like, gory, like, fun stuff that I love. So, yeah, I just I absolutely love this, too, and I'm glad you feel the same way about it. Yeah, and, and and by the end of the episode, like the final thing that happens, like I'm just like hell yeah, yeah, this is awesome. This is cool, man. This is a cool show. And if it and if it stays at the you know pace that it's going, it's going to be a fun ride. So my question, actually, guys, is now we can cover this show. This is a biweekly podcast. So if you guys want, we can cover another episode in two weeks. Or we can cover the entire series on one show. We can go and watch the rest of it and then maybe even come back on the next show and cover the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, or the show after. But, you know, in a short amount of time, we can watch the 10 episodes and mm-hmm. cover the whole series at once. Or would you like it to be a show segment each show? Um, I personally am leaning a little more towards the just covering the whole show. Me too. Um, simply because if we were weekly, it wouldn't be bad to do it weekly. Yeah. Know, cover an episode each week. But because we're bi-weekly, I just feel like it's too long in between episodes. And by the time we're done with it, the show's super old. Yeah, like everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we get it. 
So let us know, guys, what you would like out of that. And um, let us know in the Facebook group page. And also, if you are in the Facebook group page, um, can you please, uh, if you're at all interested, maybe help us out a little bit to um, invite some more people in there. You know, Mm -hmm. tell your friends about it. Because, like, not a lot of people know about the group page yet. Like, some people from 22 Shots came over and, like, Exploding Heads and and stuff like that. But um, there's, there's a ton of people that don't know about the group page yet and i want to get that shit popping yeah me too all right now carly there is one other thing that i wanted to talk about this episode we are a streaming based podcast so i thought this was of note now i did not tell you about this or that i was going to bring this up so i want to get your first impressions on it uh basically there was a little article that hit the facebook pages uh yesterday i believe and it is an article about Amazon Prime. And now this article is coming from thebloodshed.com, which I have never heard of. I've actually never been on the site once in my life. So I cannot tell you that, you know, it is 100% legit. I can right. only tell you that it's an article that's been floating around. And I would hate to hear that this article was fake. So um, I'll keep that, you know, in my, uh, you know, peripherals to make sure that. Uh, if anything comes out about it fake that we come back and loop around and say like, oh, like this wasn't a real thing or that it was like out of context or something like that. But uh, anyway, this article starts off by saying, uh, I think it's safe. Uh, it's a safe bet at this point that everyone is familiar with Amazon and their service known as Amazon Prime. Among other things, Amazon Prime provides a, as a good many of their digital videos available to stream for free as much as you want. Well, until now, anyway. News started breaking yesterday that many indie horror filmmakers were having their videos removed from Prime, from the Prime service, in an apparent new policy on the part of Amazon seeing the corporate giant cracking down on more extreme content. Here's an example of the emails being sent out to filmmakers now, supplied by Scott Shimmer in regards to his film Harvest Lake. Now, this is supposed to be an email that Scott Shimmer, the director of Harvest Lake, got and shared with uh, either this website or another website. And this is the email. It goes, hello, Amazon Video Direct periodically revises our content policy in order to improve the Amazon video customer experience. Effective March 1st, 2017, Amazon Video Direct will no longer allow titles containing persistent or graphic sexual or violent acts, gratuitous nudity, and or erotic themes, adult content to be offered as included with Prime or free with pre-roll ad. We have identified the following titles within our catalog which contain adult content. Harvest Lake. In alignment with our new policy, included with Prime and or free with with pre-roll ads, offers will be removed... From these titles on March 1st, 2017. For any title to remain available to customers with and included with Prime or free with pre-roll ad offer, its content including cover images, metadata, and or video content must be free of persistent or graphic sexual or violent acts, gratuitous nudity, and or erotic themes. For more information, please see our content policy guidelines with a link to those guidelines. If you have any questions regarding the policy revision and related action, please feel free to contact us. Thanks for using Amazon Video Direct. Best regards, Amazon Video Direct. 
So that is basically and, – and there's other ones too. There, there's other emails that have came out that are talking about films like uh, My Bloody Banjo, um, which is, sounds terrible, and <laughs> the, the science team, um, which is pretty crazy. Uh, the, the article goes on to say, in other words, most horror films in general, at the time of posting, this writer is aware of not only Scott's film being targeted, but also the works of Dustin Mills, who, by the way, is a friend of Moods's and um, somebody we've mentioned on the podcast a lot. Okay. Um, he makes a on the twenty two shots that is. He oh. makes a lot of independent films. I own one of them called. Um, her name was Torment. Was that it? Or Kill That Bitch? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but you know he makes some gory movies as well. Um, Dustin Mills, Drew Balduck, and several more. Note that these are videos which Amazon previously approved and are now doing a 180 due to the new policy, which seems to be aimed at making Prime more tame. It is, however, worth mentioning that the videos removed from Prime due to this new policy are, at least for now, still available to rent and digital purchase through Amazon's standard digital video platform. While sending these emails to filmmakers, Amazon does not seem as forthcoming to third-party inquiries as evident in what is clearly an ambiguous by um, what's that word boilerplate boilerplate response <laughs> to such questions. Um, this message was from uh, customer service. This is another Amazon message here. Hello, thank you for contacting Amazon.com. I understand your concern regarding the availability of films like Harvest Lake, My Bloody Banjo, and Science Team in Amazon Prime. Please be informed the selected the selection of titles included with Prime are always changing. New movies and TV shows are added to Prime Video and occasionally titles are removed. We're constantly working to improve our catalog to make sure that Amazon Prime members have access to the best selection of movies and TV shows possible. Thank you for letting us know that you would like to watch what you'd like to watch on Amazon Prime. I have forwarded your comments to our Amazon video team for consideration. Your valued feedback will help us improve the selection and service we provide. The browse title currently available, blah, blah, blah. But why? I'm not even sure why they posted that on there. But um, (laughs) basically, uh, the full impact of this policy is yet to be seen, yet the early evidence points to the loss of valuable tool for indie horror filmmakers who would now have to censor themselves in order to have this distribution option available to them. Wow. So what is your first thoughts on what I just read you? It's like a major eye roll. Like, I'm so tired of this, like, censorship stuff. Like, you're not really... Like, I just don't see that changing anything. If Like, if you don't want to watch something, don't watch it. It's pretty easy to judge, usually, if something's going to be, like, gory or, like, bad for your brain or whatever. And also, like, that's, like, effed up for the... um filmmakers because they shouldn't have to censor their stuff that's an art form so like you know if i were them like i wouldn't even want to be using that anymore like i just think it's messed up yeah and and what's really interesting about amazon prime now this is kind of funny because on one hand it's probably better for the consumer in terms of like a lot of those movies on amazon prime that indie filmmakers are putting on there Mm. Because there, there seems to be an easier way to get your film on Amazon Prime than, say, Netflix. Uh-huh. Are pretty shitty. Like, there's a yeah. lot, a lot of bad movies on Amazon Prime. 
So it would actually, in the long run, probably affect me positively more. But the very fact that it's censorship just annoys the shit out of me because it's mm-hmm. like... Just like put like a description or like make them like put a warning or something. Well, well if it's an unrated film, right? Like oh, well. it did not get approved by the MPAA, so it's not part of the rating system. Mm-hmm. However, Amazon Prime should be considered a tool for adults. It should not be a tool for kids. Yeah. And if your kids have access to your Amazon Prime, then it is your job to regulate what they're watching. You should not have to force the rest of the world to abide by the standards of your kids. Yeah, that gets on my nerves nowadays. Like, everyone needs, like, a big hug, like, to be sheltered. And they think they want to blame, like, technology and things like that for, like, making their kids like screwed up in life but really like i mean like i watched some weird stuff when i was young and i turned out like you know decent yeah i say that all the time like i literally have been watching horror films my entire life yeah my mom willingly showed me stuff and like she's not a bad parent you're not gonna turn into a psychopath because you watch horror films yeah 100 percent, you're not that's just silly and that's another argument altogether but the argument here is what is up with amazon now censoring what they're going to put on there. Yeah. And I just think that's ridiculous. Like, what what is the point of having that service if, it, if it's not actually what people are interested in? And I feel like, but where does it end, too? Like, because that description that they said, like, what yeah. is, what the new policy is, is very open. Yeah. Like, that's, like, any horror film can fit under that description. Mm-hmm. And if there's no room for horror films, I swear to God, I feel like most of the shit watched, even by regular people, is horror films on Netflix. Yeah, that's definitely, like, the like, most popular genre besides, like, comedy in my eyes. Yeah, because yeah. I see a lot of people, even on Facebook, who are not horror fans, just people I work with, like, yeah. Star or something. Yeah, everybody. And, like... Like, what's a good horror film on Netflix? Like, what's a good scary movie on Netflix? Like, I see people say that all the time. Like, people watch that stuff. And, like, if Prime is getting rid of, like, these horror films, and also, doesn't it then become very subjective? Okay, this horror film is on here, and this one's not. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah, that's kind of start, that could start some major issues. That's like the Video Nasty era. Right? The the banning of horror films in the United Kingdom by the British Board of Film or whatever, it had no rhyme or reason. You look at the video nasties and you're like, why is this a video nasty? Uh-huh. But A Nightmare on Elm Street is not. Like, why is uh, The Burning a video nasty, but um, My Bloody Valentine is not? Mm-hmm. You know, it it just didn't make sense. Um, so if you're having Amazon Prime now regulated with like what horror films can go on there and what ones can't, like who's doing the regulation? Yeah. And what, and by the way, all, all horror films seem to apply to some of those. Yeah. You might as well take them all off to make it like fair. Cause like obvious, it's hard. Like, like it's all going to apply to that. I honestly think that it is more of an attempt to remove like the straight up almost like over the over the top like the ones that don't have anything going for them but they're just like 
Yeah, no, like, real stories, just more, like, blood and... Well, I, I think just, like, a lot of the sexual ones, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I feel like it might be a attempt to sort of clean clean up a little bit, mm-hmm. like, disguised as, like, we care about people's feelings or something, you know? I think they kind of just want to get rid of some of the smut. Yeah, which I guess that kind of makes sense. To yeah, like, but just say we're going to get rid of some yeah. of the smut. Yeah, I hate this stuff where, like, you got to make this big, serious speech, like, oh, we're just regulating some of this stuff, but you got to make it look professional. Just say, like, we want to get rid of, like, the titties and stuff like that. <laughs> like, just come, we know we're not dumb people. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are a company. They kind of have to do things that way. No, that's cool. Right. I'm just saying all companies shouldn't. Anyway, I think we can both say that that's lame if it's true, so. Yeah. Lame. Anyway, uh, that's gonna do it for episode number five of Netflix and Chill. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, did you have fun? I had fun, yes. Not I with this. clinical though, right? No, no. Okay. No. <laughs> um, so let us know what you guys want in terms of Santa Clarita diet, and, uh, we'll do that. Uh, This is uh, Netflix and Chill, episode number five. I hope you guys join us back on the couch for me, JP. And me, Carly. We'll see you guys next time. Listen up, all you little cuties. I might call you over for a movie. But all I really want is the booty. Five minutes in, we'll be naked and spooning. Next thing that you know, we in my bedroom. Close hit the flow. The head was like, damn, looking way better than you do on Instagram. We tried to watch Forrest go. She said she was bored. Less hum. I said, bitch, I gotta take a dump. Lit some incense. Then we fuck. I called the renew, but we got six minutes for a quick little noon. So thank you, Netflix, for the marathon of wet dicks. Baby, what's the deal? You wanna watch Netflix and chill? Baby, I'm for real. I won't pull out if you want to peel. 